Hello, everybody. We're live on a Tuesday. Um, Stephen just said to me just before we went live, are we pretending it's Friday? <laughs> I said, no, no, we're not, because that would confuse no. anyone. And besides yeah. which, half the people that listen to it don't listen to it on the day that it goes out anyway. So they yeah. might already listen to it on a Tuesday. If you're one of those people, you're going to be really confused because you're listening to it on the Tuesday. And it is Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So we we might normally be banging on about the fact it's Friday, and actually it's not. No. There, there we go. I even wrote us some music for this episode. How about that? Okay. Yeah, there we the go. Unexpected no, we're not going to play that. Anyway, um, we're going to be on our... Okay. Tease and then take it away. Give the people what they want. Well, what the people really want is... Uh, <laughs> is, is this what? is me and you off? Okay. All that, no, we, we won't play anything like that. We're, that was our original theme tune, wasn't it? That was, a, yeah. <laughs> that was our original how we've, theme. How we've come along since then. How we've devolved over the years. Uh, let's get let's get the branding out of the way yep. so that we can, we can fit in a third person. And look who it is. Neve, all the way from Hello. Ireland. How how is it over there at the moment? It's wet. I won't lie. It's wet. Wet. <laughs> it's wet. It's miserable. It's cold. It's November. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't know as bad as you guys. I don't think not as bad as you guys. Lovely, and I I love your I love your background there. That is it this uh... or is it this? Oh, is it the unicorn poop? Is it? Because everyone's it, a fan. I like I like both. Yeah. I, I like the the very corporate side of you there yeah. with your DSD assessments, your ergonomic risk assessments, and your urgency risks. And yeah, because your head's covering some of it. And then on the other side, <laughs> you have to I do, do the same thing. <laughs> I, I always go the wrong way. You have to do that so that people people were listening back on Spotify. It's brilliant. Um, and then on the other side, for again for people that are listening to this. Uh, there are some pictures which I, I'm guessing you haven't done. No. So this represents the two sides of Boyne Ergonomics, the, the business side and then the mother side where I have to keep my five-year-old happy. They have to stay there until Christmas. Those are the instructions. Yeah. They are not allowed to come down until Christmas when they will be replaced by festive pictures. Festive pictures. Very nice yeah. indeed. So, so, so what have we got there? Those. We've got a, a unicorn, have we? Yeah, that is a unicorn poop emoji. Yep. Cut it like a rainbow for those who can't see it. And then there's a cat who is also coloured like a rainbow. She was sick a little while ago, so she the whole day here with oh. me and she just coloured about 15, 20 pictures. And there's more behind me and there's more over there. They're everywhere. Oh. They bring a bit of joy. And how old do you say you're uh you're it was my youngest, so she's five. 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 So big into colouring. Yeah, absolutely. Now, listen, as as some because we've discussed that on this show before, as someone that is a mother as well as a, an agronomist, you know, how important do you feel it is that youngsters learn about ergonomics from a really young age? Very. But I think the more important thing is to do it in a really, really non-preachy way. <laughs> because the well, I more think I, I think that about anybody. Listen. <laughs> yeah. And um, it is just about doing what you want them to do. So actually modeling it yourself so they see it and making sure that they have what they need, that doing it is actually the comfortable, easy choice. Mm. So where we have a lot of um, phone tablet holders, 
different things that are, are comfy and cozy to use and make sense to use. Um, and yeah. mine are quite young, like mine are eight and five, so still really, really young, but devices are still a big part of their day. Mm. Whether it's with school or in leisure time, they do have their tablets. Not phones yet, but they do have tablets. So it's just about, you know, making it easy. And then they see us doing the, the right thing as well. Um, I often tell the story was, does it, where I collect the kids off the bus, there's a boys' secondary school beside the bus stop. And on a Friday evening, they finish early. So they come out at the same time and they're all waiting there for their bus as well. And all I see is this, where it's just <laughs> the head flopped forward and the phone is down at the belly button. And yeah. I'm looking at their necks and I'm looking at their shoulders and I actually have to physically stop myself just going up and pushing the elbow up and pushing the head back and just saying, you'll thank me when you're older. Please yeah. just fix your neck. Um, because they're all looking down, they're all leaning mm. forward, the shoulders are tight and they're only like, I don't know, like what, 13 to 17? Mm. And you can see it already. So it is really important, but you can't be too preachy about it. I can see Stephen's got a, a question on the tip of his tongue. I, I, I did, actually. I was just wondering here, what sort of pl part the sort of manufacturers of the phones and uh, have got to play in all of this? Because, you know, I understand there's, there's limitations to what you can do, but I wonder if, if you know, do we, do we ever see any messages coming out from the phone manufacturers, the tablet manufacturers, or is it very much, we've produced the kit, get on with it? I, I, you know, you don't see anything oh. coming out from the people who make the actual product that are causing the problems. No, because let's be real, they don't, they don't care how you're using it. They just want you mm. to buy it and use it. Yeah. Anything further than that is outside of their remit. They don't have an interest in that. Mm. So it's left to people like us and further down the lines, like the physios and the chiropractors who are going to try and correct these problems. Yeah. You know? well, well, it's interesting. I mean, I use a Mac. I, I don't have an iPhone at the moment. I use a Mac. And I have to say that Apple do in the back of their manual when you buy a Mac, they do have a bit on ergonomics. Okay. Yeah, they do actually tell you this is how you should be using it and, you know, make sure that you, you you know, you take a break on a regular basis and watch your eyes and, you know, and this is where the screen level should. So they do they do cover that. They're, mm. As far as I'm aware, and other manufacturers might be doing it, but I don't own their equipment. They, they are actually doing something. I haven't, however, any time that I've had an iPhone in the past, can't say the same happened for the phone. don't think anybody was putting instructions in the phone packet saying, you know, if you use this, please be aware of the danger. You might yeah. walk into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. The answer in the phone, looking down, you're not looking where you're going. I'd, one day, I'd love to see someone actually fall down the manhole cover not, not, not because I'm malicious or anything. Just because yeah. it would be quite funny if someone was actually texting away on their phone and, and fell down a manhole cover. Because let's be frank, Frank. Apart from you know that the damage it can do over time, it's actually dangerous anyway. How many, how many yeah. people step out in front of cars and stuff like that during the day, or in front of cyclists, or whatever, because they're they're you know using their phone. And I you would think you'd Asian think with Asian. the technology, wouldn't you, that things like, you know, the amount of push notifications that you get sent from an iPhone every day, you would think there was something they could incorporate quite easily as like a little daily prompt, a little daily reminder about what you're doing, how much you're doing and, and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So they've got the the ability to do it. I guess it's have they got the desire to do it, isn't it? I do believe that the new iOS 
with its little bubble system or whatever, you can set it to, to prompt you to take breaks. I do believe you can do that. Okay. So it's, it's, but you've got to do it. You've got to. Mm. You but know. if you think about the technology as well, like I will say firstly, I have seen ads in Asia where they do highlight, now it's not for manufacturers, but they do highlight the dangers of walking down the street, looking at your tablet, looking at your phone. But I think with technology and all that it can do now, surely there is something that they could put on the phone whereby if the phone is on and the screen is active and you're mobile, mm. well then every now and then surely something can flash up where it blocks the screens and tells you to pay attention or are you paying attention pay attention to your surroundings or something could be put on with all the technology that exists now it does do something with my iphone when i'm driving and if i've got it connected and i don't know whether it's whether it's connected via um charger into the car or whether it does it independently but it does sort of there is the setting where if you're driving it won't allow notifications to come through so it, it makes you think is there something they could do particularly around if, it, if the phone is, is actually moving. So as you say, if someone's actually yeah. walking, can it do something to stop some of those messages coming through or, or a prompt or or something? Something, Don't... yeah. Like I even know my phone, when it's connected to the car, if I touch the screen in my car three times, that's it. It actually won't and it will pause and yeah. tells you to look at the road. Yeah. So even if, you, if the car's moving and I touch this to look, I'm flicking for a song or something, I can only do it three times and then it actually pauses and won't let you touch it. For a little while until the pause break is over okay because it's safe, you know one day Stephen, we're going to have a yep. policeman on this program and i because <laughs> I, I i i want to talk to them about all of that because i'm fascinated i watch all of these police programs you know like 24 hours and the you know the motorway cops all of that i love all of those programs but you know um quite rightly now they now say oh we're going to stop that person because they're on their phone and they weren't actually on their phone they were just tapping their phone screen or whatever and they say it's zero tolerance now mm. mustn't be doing anything on their phone right yeah the police they are 140 miles an hour down in the fast lane on one of these programs and the how's that any better yeah. how's that you know touching t touching two sides of your radio thing and how can that be any better than actually being on your phone anyway i'd love to talk to a policeman about that and understand exactly why that's okay and uh, when the other isn't, but so <laughs> maybe, I think I'm sure they love that conversation. <laughs> of course they wouldn't, but you know, I just feel it has to be brought up. Yeah. It, so, so are your little ones? Are your little ones ever telling you off? That's what I'd like to know. Do yeah. They, the, yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah, we've got some budding, yeah. budding ergonomists in in the house. I have. Yeah. I've one who likes to put on my headset and pretend that she's talking to people here, like she hears me talking to people sometimes, and um, typing away, asking them what's wrong and. Did you check your chair? <laughs> um, but yeah, you do. Like if I, you know, I'll often walk by sometimes and I might just slot a cushion underneath the phone stand. So I'm going, oh, that mm. next to, I'm just pop a little cushion here. And I had one walk by me. My oldest actually lift my elbow one day when I was looking at my phone. She just pushed up my elbow and I just started laughing. I was like, it's sinking in slowly, just subtly getting in there. We'll see if it lasts up. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous, isn't yeah. it? Uh, it's, it's lovely when they kind of like, going, yeah, look, mum's doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, though, that, I mean, I don't know, you say your your children are always on tablets and whatever. Do they watch things like YouTube and stuff like that? And Sometimes. They, yeah, YouTube Junior, the kids one. They're not allowed on yeah, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so they follow people on there. Do you think part of it is that we need to get through to influencers? Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
They are still, like, as by their name, guilty. they are very influential for, and it's such a young, impressionable age. You know, if especially the younger ones, like a lot of mine, mine follow them, um, what do you call them? I won't call them artists, but people who like to repurpose toys, people who like to repurpose squishies, as they're mm. called. And oh, stages, that's and all my daughter all watches. into this. Um, and okay, hang on, this is this is brand new to me. <laughs> what what is this? I'm I'm clearly missing oh, right. out. So something. like, there's fit fidgets, squishies, anything like that, right? So there's a, a massive thing where like you can buy boxes of different types of fidgets, and they will right. be some some are squishy things, some are like little snake like things that you you know twist like that. You know, it can even have like a tube that like looks like the thing that you put on the back of your your tumble dryer that. You know, it takes the hot air out, but yeah. that's a toy, right? Because it's brightly coloured, and you can go. It's anything you can fiddle with your fingers. You remember those poppet things, poppet things oh, as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a yep. fidget thing. It all started with a little round on your fingers. Oh, hang on, I'm, I'm yeah, sort of you've got one there. Yeah. You've got yeah. one there that you got from a trade show, undoubtedly. Um, well, hang know. on, hang on. <laughs> Does it light up? You know, is it sort of this sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, all yeah that, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That was that was the beginning of it all. And yeah. now there's a myriad of different things like that. And these people on these shows, they unbox them, they they talk about them, they show you how you can uh, do this, that, and the other with them. And they tell they they tell the kids which ones are the fake ones, which ones are the real ones. They know. They go out and they go, no, don't buy me that one. That's fake. That one's the real one. It's like. How do you know all this stuff? It's because it's all on YouTube. But the point is, they, they get right into it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about if you only could get these people on these shows actually mm. going, right, look, I'm on my laptop now. Look, I'm using this. Yeah, yeah. This is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Then then the kids will be, that's brilliant. I need one of those. Yeah. Or this, this is how I record. This is how I'm set up for. Mm. Yeah, even if you got someone on who, like, I'm thinking of one of the people, um, my eldest follows she repaints everything uh anything she has she has she repaints so you gotta even to uh, repaint some like a mouse a keyboard you know personalize a laptop stand they like, don't work anymore really silly but you know it, it gets in there it gets in there I was just looking. Them. I was just looking to my right because I'd seen some of those things that you were mentioning, but I was randomly going through a, a set of drawers here and there was loads of lego but none of those sort of popping things so that's why i was sort of <laughs> Stephen, you ought, to, you ought to do it as a competition. You ought to actually okay. get some of these people out there to maybe paint a mouse or something. Or design a mouse, yeah. Design well, a mouse. That's a great idea. And do you know how we had last week on the show, we had um, Andrew Shepard on from Flock. Did you see the thing they've been doing recently where you can, you know, the Capisco chair that we spoke about? Yeah. Did you see where you could, the competition was to design a new cover for it? So yeah. that was quite an interesting thing is that you could take the standard chair, but you, I mean, I haven't seen the winning sort of design yet, but there was all these sort of, you were being encouraged to sort of create a nice fancy design. And I think the winner of that then got the chair turned into that sort of color design. So I guess merging the two things together, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it is because it, it just encourages that kind of creativity that's kind mm. of, you know, pushed out on these things and and you know it's great actually that the the children then go and investigate that for themselves my my daughter's always upstairs cutting bits of paper sticking bits of paper coloring things whatever yeah. you know because because she sees all of this activity going on um but yeah we should be encouraging that because it's then getting people 
thinking about the product, thinking about getting hands on with it. And actually, maybe for the industry as well, getting people to think about design. Maybe one day we'll move away from everything being black. Oh, joy. Um, But, (laughs) you know, I mean, yeah, we understand why, Hmm. because it's a matter of money. You know, you you can't produce something in lots of different colours necessarily because it's, you know. But ultimately, maybe we could produce it in more colours, etc. if there was a demand for it. It's purely down to demand. There's no reason why you couldn't have a rainbow-coloured laptop stand or a rainbow-coloured mouse or, or, or whatever, or one with a unicorn on the front of it. But it's only down to, and I'm talking good mice now, not, not bad ones, but it's only down to demand. If the demand was there for something slightly different, then it, it would suddenly happen. You know, and maybe everybody would enjoy that. If you if you would enjoy that out there, let us know. Mm. Um, you know, maybe well, if if you could have if you could have a, a sort of mouse laptop stand combo in the color of your choice, what what color would it be? Everyone you know, it's, you're black. saying about yeah, you're saying about influence. <laughs> it, it looks nice. It looks nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying about influencers there, Graham. One of the things that we've discussed on this show many times is how you see at things like laptops and tablets being used incorrectly and a lot of the stock photos that you see on LinkedIn, et cetera, have that. What we need is that dial to turn, don't we? So we need the stock images. But we've we've discussed this and I'm still not convinced we've, we've actually been able to move it on because you still see them every single day, those same stock photos. And you think, how do we how do we crack this? How do we get the message across? Is it because they don't like how the product looks when it's set up correctly? And they don't think it looks as nice. They prefer, oh, oh, hang on, I just want the picture of the laptop. I don't all want these bits and pieces. So why, how, how do we sort of break that cycle of poor imagery? I think part of the problem with the laptop thing is the fact that people are actually taking a selfie. Okay. So they're, they're not, what they're concerned about is the angle of the face as opposed to anything else. And of course, if you if you raise the screen level, yeah. <laughs> significantly on on a computer then actually you might obscure part of the face (laughs) so it then it then determines the angle at which you can take the photograph because a lot of the time when you see these things it's like someone kind of slightly looking to the side with the laptop kind of there it's like yeah look at me i'm working (laughs) okay how cool am i but you know if if suddenly there's something there it's like oh you're looking at that not my face come on (laughs) Look at my beautiful face. I mean, you know, we're we're on various uh, platforms at the moment, including LinkedIn. Look how many selfies are appearing on LinkedIn now. Yeah. It, it, oh, it's kind of drives me nuts some of the time. It's like, look how creative I've been today. I've taken a photo of me. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, you know, alongside that, there's a post about me. And my selfie, um, how creative you are, brilliant! But uh, <laughs> you know, say, say something back on track. Come on, back on track. Yeah, so we'll yeah. say something. Like, say delete something the post that's got to put up around you. Delete, delete. delete. <laughs> <laughs> say something real, for goodness sake, out there. But look, you know, I, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem. But maybe, maybe we just have to find another way in there. Maybe, mm. maybe we have to. You know, maybe that's a good reason. Maybe that's a good reason to perhaps produce a limited edition set of laptop stands or whatever, for example, maybe with colour or something like that, so that people can go, ah, oh, I'm supporting this. 
Yeah, mm. maybe, maybe. So, for example, do a rainbow one, support Pride or something, you know, and and then people can go, ah, oh, look, I've got this for this. Yeah. There's I think the point you were saying, Stephen, there about they don't like how their product looks when they're using it properly. Well, then maybe make nicer accessories that yeah. will look good when you're using it properly. Yeah. Because, like, I find that all the time. If I'm looking for images to use in posts or to use in blogs, if we take, for example, the sit stand desk, hmm. a lot of this is you'll have a person sitting on a desktop computer, the person standing is on a laptop. And I was like, well, I don't want to use that picture because I don't want to promote laptop you know, use like that on this. Yeah. So you're trying to find the image well. To get it right you know there there is a very very limited amount of decent good stock you end up just taking them yourself and using your own yeah. because there's just so few good quality stock images that show a product actually being used properly and mm, safely yeah. maybe maybe we should target photographers as well maybe that maybe that's something we will do maybe we should target photographers and we should maybe create a photographer creative competition as well to say to photographers here here's some kit we want you to take the most creative photos you possibly can with mm. this kit with people yeah. using it yeah good so idea yeah like well, again we're full of it yeah but but you know that would be great because again how much how many of the 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 posts that come out even from the industry are sort of like someone bland gray background mm. white gray black you know, it's like it's very utilitarian, sort of functional. You know, maybe we just need meet people to to create something around it a little bit more. Mm. That that way, we can poten potentially get it out. What, Neve, when you're actually assessing people, what's yeah. the what are the the main things that people are really surprised about, which you just think, why don't, <laughs> why don't you know that? Mm. <laughs> There's two. One, the hype you're supposed to be at for your desk. Oh, great. Yes. Everyone's too low. Everyone's too low. And their shoulders yeah. are tight and sore at the end of the day and they're wondering why. Um, or when I ask them if somebody's too low and I'll say, right, let's just make you a little bit higher. And they bring the armrest up and not the actual chair. And I go, no, no, you need to be higher. Not yeah. the, the armrest, you. That one. And a lot of people don't realize um, that they can adjust the back of their chair. And I see, like, you know, this I'm talking obviously in, in offices because I'm back mm. on site a lot. Um, and I've been on sites where they have absolutely brilliant chairs with such a high level of support and adjustability. And I'm looking at the back going, did you put that like that? And they're like, oh, no, I, I never move it. And it's really reclined. And then they type away from the chair. There's no stuff. I go, well, what if you just pull that lever there? Mm. And they're like, oh, my God, oh, that's so much better. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. There's, a, there's a manual actually at the back of your chair where if you had just taken five minutes to pull out mm. that manual and give a quick flick through you would have seen all the things this chair can do and you spend a few minutes adjusting it and they come up two days later saying how much better it is or hear them talking to their colleague going oh no wait now she's going to fix your chair and they just you know they just grab the chair sit down and don't take the few minutes but that's the big one adjusting chairs and being the right height for the surface oh, so many word. people are too low and they're really tight in their shoulders then because they just haven't got that relationship right. That totally resonates. I mean, one of the my favourite ones was headrests on chairs. People would have that headrest on the back of the chair, and it would literally, and they'd have it right forward, and it'd be sticking into Pushing the back the of their neck like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, so they sat like that, you know, and they'd be like, "This chair, I got a headrest version because I wanted to, you know." 
It was hurting my uh, my neck was hurting. It's worse. It's worse now. Of course, yeah. it's worse. Look at what you know. People don't look at themselves when they're sat in something. Is it is it down to fear? Is it fear and, and yes. reluctance to actually adjust? What look at those six levers on the bottom? I don't know what to do. Oh, I'll just sit here all day. Is it just people are still scared to make those adjustments themselves in case they might break it or they can't put it back or, or whatever? Is this something that needs to be done to make, you know, more universal sort of mechanisms, I guess? And I'm sure there probably are, but some sort of something to help people encourage them to actually make those movements themselves. Are they just scared to do it? Yeah, I think even in, like if you take the open plan office, like I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't, they were new and they're like, oh, I didn't really want to play with it too much because they didn't want to look silly in the office with people in case the chair went flying or they went flying or, you know, yeah. And they just didn't actually want to look silly in front of their colleagues who obviously all knew how to adjust this chair, which none of them did, but they didn't know that. Yeah. So they didn't want to look silly playing around with the chair. And you're like, but it's not silly. It's really, really important. Um, and I ended up like there was three either side and I actually ended up pulling them in and going, look, I know you're not due for another hour, but come here. Ha do any of you do this? And they're all like, no, they just take the chair and the height up and down height. And that's it. That's all they mm. do. Can I say though, Stephen, you work for a Dutch company. Yes. From my experience, this is different in Holland. In my experience, this is also different in Scandinavian countries. This is this is a very particularly a Great Britain island problem, right? Because we don't think we should move at work. <laughs> Mm -hmm. at all mm. yeah we really don't think we should move we think if we're seen to be moving we're not working or yeah. that's the yeah. perception that other people have you when, when you when i've been over to holland and i've been in some dutch offices people are sitting in their chairs they're like they're you know hands behind their head they're stretching out they're like mm. hello yes mm. you know they're like they're, they're very very Big movements of the arms. Where was that? Sorry, where was that guy from? There, that accent was that. Was that like meant to be Dutch? Yeah, it was. But there you go. Okay. Yeah. Other, other, uh, you know, versions of that are available. Right. Yeah. But the, the point is, <laughs> no one useless at it. Doesn't matter. You get the point. Yeah. <laughs> get the point. But in England, you go into an office, and you, you'll you'll know this, neighbor, won't you? I mean, you, you'll go down, and like people are like that. Yeah, hmm. rigid, rigid, and rigid, rigid. Absolutely rigid in the body. And yeah. and actually, when you say to them, now, have you tried letting the mechanism on your chair go? Because it's got great support. No, I can't do that. Why is that? I don't want to move. I need to be here. Hmm. I need to be here all day, not moving. Yeah. Doing doing my work. And that is that is part of the problem. They are they are kind of scared. And also, hmm. I do think that our industry is partly to blame. Sorry, guys, but you are. Ooh, um, okay. Controversial. It, yeah, it is. But the chair setup, I'd seen too many chair setups being done. And if this is, if you're still doing it this way, sorry, you're doing it wrong. But too many chair setups where, or, the, or complete workstation setups where people go, oh, good. It's in Germany also. There we go. It's in Germany as well. This is a this is a problem that has spread across the Germany, where people actually set people up and they go right. You should have this like this. You should have this like this. 
the chair should be right i'm setting this chair up for you now and then afterwards people go right i've been set up don't touch it because i've been set up that's that's not what it's about they haven't actually been taught how that chair works or how to use this stuff and adjust it as they need to throughout yeah, the day. I've done it for you, and that's that's it. Yeah, it's been done for them, so they are now right. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you how do you counteract that? Yeah, what I normally do, I take them through. Like I will literally sit with yes. them and go, "Here's what your chair can do. How is it comfortable for you? Here's how I would have it if I was using this desk, but you're using this desk. So how is it comfortable for you?" And here's the monitor arms. Another one is um, a lot of the monitor arms have some of them are fantastic and they've such a great level of adjustment. You can have them any which way, but people just kind of pull them up and down or in and out. <laughs> and they don't actually adjust the, the bottom part that you can change the whole screen position to give yourself more room mm -hmm. or to accommodate another screen. So I'll say, well, do you, do you know you can do this? And like, if you move this this way, look at the difference this makes. And especially now, I think it's really important in, with hot desking. Like hot desking is a, a little bit of a bugbear of mine. I understand in the time we're in why offices go for it but a lot of people will hot desk and they have no clue how to adjust everything so they do just mm -hmm. tiny things hide the chair hide the screen and they don't know the full range of movements that the monitor arms have they don't know the full adjustments that the chair has because like you said no one's ever shown them they just set them and then send them on their way or say try and replicate this tomorrow when you come in and sit at the next desk but they don't know how does some of this sit with facilities managers and the whole facility facility management community in essence if they are by definition are they the people looking after the hot desking area does it does it need someone within that business to take it on or or, or, or is it just something that falls between the cracks and it isn't his job and it, it's not in that area or oh, they can just carry on is, is it does it need a, a sort of a i guess a champion within each business and potentially so, facilities yeah. Because to sort of they, say, like, actually, you yeah. need to do this. This is how you do it. Very, very straightforward. And everyone needs trained and you know, maybe trained on a regular basis so it sticks, so it becomes a habit. Maybe if they're shown once, they just forget about it. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, this, this chair looks fine. I wonder if that's, again, getting to the reason as to why it happens. I think the educational piece has to happen on several layers. And, and I do think it actually also has to happen. I think I think we have to break down this, uh, I think we have to break down the problem between the workplace assessment being done and the stuff being delivered. Mm. So I think that the the people that are actually delivering, installing, putting this stuff in, etc., they need. They I have to say, I think overall they need better training because I think, you know, too much of the training is teaching them you can do this to adjust this, you can do this to adjust this, etc., and th and then they kind of just sell it like that to the person right and it kind of goes against what the assessor probably was saying to them at the time which is i'm going to get i'm going to provide you with this kind of chair and it will do this it gives you this kind of level of adjustment etc etc and then somebody comes in and goes right your back set now no no no, no that 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 completely contradicts and and probably you know because someone's going in to do the setup etc the facilities managers are not getting that training because they probably feel that that's being done so it, it kind of needs it kind of needs better understanding there of what's actually required when it comes to equipment as well and it's that you know 
people people change in terms of their need of this stuff on not only on a you know a day-to-day basis or a, or a you know year-to-year basis as, as maybe their health condition changes or whatever but even on an hour by hour basis how you have your setup might change yeah yeah That's and it, basically and what you're it, doing yeah you know, and it must really, it must be incredibly frustrating for any manufacturer that spent a lot of time in terms of R&D trying to make this the most adjustable thing in the mm. world, right, to find out that actually the majority of the time people just go get it, put it in one position, plonk it on the desk and that's it. Yeah. 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 Well, well, thanks. And the product <laughs> itself isn't going to be the miracle cure. It, it, no. it's actually the adjustment it's 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 adjusting it to around what you need if someone just takes a piece of equipment and but as you say graham crack on that's fine but did you know it can do this this and this it can go up and down it can go sideways and that helps you find that sort of sweet spot that works for you as an individual as you say there's a lot of r d going in but how often is it down to the product being incorrectly used and not actually being adjusted and tailored because, you know, and I know from our organization, you know, we, we try and pack as much adjustments into a product so it can suit five foot two up to six foot six. But if people aren't using it, it's really difficult, isn't it? You know, you, 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 you're sort of banging your head against a brick wall if someone's just going to carry on and use it exactly how it's how they've got it and not be prepared to go. Actually, I'm just going to adjust it today to this. But tomorrow that might suit me a little bit better. Yeah. Thanks to Dara, by the way, for, for joining in with the, mm. the conversation. Tell them why you're performing each action in form and educate as you go. Totally agree. Yeah, and always, yes. always give them the why. Always give them the why. Because it, it just helps to make sense then. Instead of you coming in saying, put your chair here because I say so. And I say it's better for you. But actually, I'm putting it here because this has been shown to have less impact. You know, and improve comfort levels or take the stress off the shoulders or whatever it might be. But I think when it comes to the equipment, and I do say this, and I said it once on site, and it didn't go down too well. There is a little, there is a level though, like let's be realistic, in the workplace, we're all grown-ups. And there is a level of personal responsibility. Like I have been in places where great chairs, manuals are on the back of the chair. Brilliant sit-stand desks, manual is with the desk. Great monitor arms, the manual is there. And no one has taken the time to actually look at it. Or yeah. I've been in companies where they have, for example, what you call like an intranet portal where everything is there. Every single piece of information you want to know about your equipment, about how to maybe put the, the sit stand settings into a desk and how you should have it is available to everyone, openly available. And I say to people, have you checked that? No idea it's even there. Or somebody was given out one day um, when the monitor arms, when they pulled it down, it was bouncing back up. And I just opened the bottom and took out the Allen key and tightened it. And they're yeah. looking at me going, I was like, yeah, everyone has it's, it's here. Look, everyone yeah. has one. Yeah. Absolute blank face. So, yes, there, there's a whole, obviously, you know, organizations and companies, they make things as best they can to be used properly. Facilities, yes, have responsibility to make sure everyone knows how to use the equipment and make the information available. But also the user has a personal responsibility to take the time mm. to learn how to use the equipment. If you've been given a really good setup, and a really good chair, a really good keyboard, or even, you know, like some of the better mouse devices that you can actually um, program to how you want it, something like yeah. that. Take the time, the few minutes, to learn what it can do and how it can do it, because that can make a huge difference. You can provide all the equipment, you can provide all the manuals, 
but if they're not going to take the time to learn to use it yeah i think oh, that's well, that is a very important point actually yeah. that you raised there which is that i don't think people are given by their organizations don't think people are given enough time yeah just to play because yeah. i think you do need that time just to play i mean well, it's like it's, it's like computers it's like trying to learn a new piece of software right you can't just throw a new piece of software at someone and go there you go hey mm -hmm. off off you go you in a in a business you'd go right we're gonna have to you know learn but you're also going to have to just play with it as well you're going to have to take time yeah. messing and around with it and working out because actually that's the best way to learn because if you're just structurally given this 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 and this you might learn how to do it but you won't learn the little shortcuts you won't learn the little nuances yeah. you won't learn how to adjust it for what you need it to do and that's the same with all of this stuff as well so i think businesses you need to allow people a little bit of play time when they get this equipment as well just to yeah. al allow it to bed in um and i think i think that's absolutely fundamental now the other thing that i would say here as well and i'd be interested in your your comments on this Neve, is that when i spoke to uh last year i, I got to speak to the erg at the ergonomics conference for south africa i never knew so many ergonomists Li uh, lived and worked in South Africa, about 400 of them. Yeah, I've contacted a couple of them, yeah. Well, well, well what are they all doing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, well, what was, uh, uh, but what was really interesting was that, um, apart from the fact that, you know, I tried to make my whole uh, talk really ergonomic as well by only having two slides, whereas I think everybody else had about 50, was I, I I based it around the fact that I think that too many ergonomists are too preachy and that's what puts people off full stop we spend you know it's very easy let's go back to that conversation at the beginning but it's very easy to spend your whole life telling people what they shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. as an ergonomist it's like you don't do that don't sit like this uh sit up more you know use this like that and it all sounds like it's I'm big it's like back at school, I'm being told yeah. what to do and may become a, people react to that a little bit. And I found over the years that one of the best ways to deal with people that you knew were going to be really difficult was actually to listen to them first, yeah. as opposed to try and tell them what to do. So you, you mentioned the kind of sitting too low. The amount of times that I got into an office and someone was sat like that, you know, right back. The, the whole back bent in the chair and whatever, and they went, that's the most comfortable position for your back. You know? And, and the, you know, you, you could say, well, no, it, it's not. Don't, don't do that. I, I used to try and start from their perspective and go, right, okay, you want to sit back, you want to lean back in the chair when you're working, etc. I can understand, you know, why do you, why do you find that more comfortable? Where where was it hurting when you were sitting up? Yeah. As opposed to where, when you're when you're like that. How does that make you feel more comfortable? Quite often you could then start to rationalize it. You could go, okay, well, actually, yeah, there's less pressure on the lower spine at not at 90 degrees, but when you are at around about 135 degrees. However, <laughs> the only problem you've got now looking at that is that your arms are up here and the monitor's up there and yet you're now putting strain on your shoulders and your neck. Mm. Yeah. So how are we going, and, and then put it back to them. So how are we going to 
sort that part of the problem out. And then they'd go, ah. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, then then you can start to have a conversation. Yeah. Whereas I think too often it's kind of like, no, sit at right angles, sit like this, da, 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 da. and then people are like, yeah, but that doesn't work for me. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd often say to someone, I walk up to a desk, if you take, for example, somebody who has a screen in front of them and the laptop down on the table and the type on the laptop, I'm like, oh, is this how you work? Yeah. Why do you work like that? And then you'd be yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Now you say that to me. Oh, okay. Like, and then, or like that, why, why do you have your chair sitting that way, this way? And why is that not comfortable? And if it's not comfortable, something's wrong somewhere. Mm. And then you're going to try and fix it. And as I say to them, look, we're not robots. Nobody sits with their two feet planted back in the chair, like all day long. Like we're not going to, we need to be comfortable. But mm. one of it is, if it's not working in what we would consider a safe position, something is wrong. So, so either the relationship like that with the chair, the desk, the screen, something's not right for this to be the better way for you to work. So let's try and rectify that a little bit and, and work with them. Does this work for you? Well, what if you put that there? How does that feel? No, that's not great. Okay, what if we swap this way? Oh, no, that doesn't work for a call. And that's why like, it can take longer. Like it, it, a DSE with someone in an office, like it could take a while based on what they do because you want to talk through all their options and find what works best. But mm. the other problem then, as it kind of goes back to something we said earlier with um, people feeling like they can't move, working is not moving. If you're there for too long, nothing's going to be comfortable. No. You're, and you're going to lean yeah. forward in the chair and you're going to slouch and you're going to lean because your body's getting tired and the muscles yeah. are getting sore and they're trying to, to find the least painful way to sit when really they need you to move. So I teach people that that's a sign. If you find that this is how you're sitting, your body's trying to tell you it needs you to get out of the chair. It needs you to move so you can mm. get oxygen to your muscles, pump out that lactic acid and just give your circulation a boost. If this is how you're comfortable, how long have you been there? 90 minutes? Well, of course, that's how you're comfortable. The body's gotten tired holding you upright all day. So I think a lack of movement has something to play with it too. They're comfortable oh. sitting like that because they're there for two hours. Totally, yeah. totally. And when we've talked about that in uh, previous weeks, in the, in the last few weeks, when we've had the guys in talking about um, sit-stand desks as well, yeah. you know, when 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 height-adjustable desks first came in, suddenly everybody going, ah, the answer to everything, stand all day. As opposed to sit all day. Uh, no, no, because you're still now you're just standing still all day as opposed to sitting still all day. You know, actually, the absolute ideal would be that you could work at a computer whilst walking around, running around. You know, that would be absolutely ideal. Back to treadmill desks. Well, yes and no, because hmm. there's a problem with doing that from a cognition point of view. Yeah. And that's that's the other part of it. You can't concentrate on doing these, no. these kind of tasks if you were doing that but ultimately i guess for the future let's you know if we if we came back and we were doing the show in 2055 god forbid um you know <laughs> but actually we might be talking very different technology we mm. might actually be talking about some kind of uh, uh, you know some kind of a wearable technology or even you know um, goodness knows, uh, you know, Musk got his way an implant technology or whatever that would enable you to work just by thinking about it and then there would be an output somewhere. So then people could walk and out in the open and, and do work. You know, the office may really change for, in the future and how we how we combine exercise with... Well, we've got to find some answers to it because we mm. do just sit for too long. 
doing all of this work at the moment. Um, love this as, as well. Every job, mm. office job is different also, even with the physical office. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, and again, I'd love to talk to you about this. You know, for me, it was sometimes just finding any excuse to get someone out, out of the desk. Yeah, and that's what any I tell excuse people, at any excuse at all, and whether it's home or whether it's office, you don't need to justify leaving the desk. And that's what I say to people, you do not have to justify getting up from your desk, whether you're in the office or worse, whether you're at home, because at least in the office, it's very psychological, as I say to people, if you're in the office, you could be standing in the corridor in the office having a chat with someone you haven't seen in a while. But you won't feel like you're Dawson, basically, because you're in the office building. You're physically mm. there. You're not yeah. at your desk, but you're in the building. At home, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't go and spend 20 minutes. Well, maybe you would, but a lot of people wouldn't go and spend 20 minutes chatting with a housemate or chatting with their partner when they're supposed to be working because when they step away from the screen, all of a sudden, I'm not in work. Whereas if yeah. you're in the building, you might be at your desk for two hours for all the messing you're doing, but you'll still mentally be in work. So yeah. there's like, you, and I always tell you, you do not need an excuse to leave the desk. You do yeah. not need an excuse to turn your camera off during a virtual meeting so you can pace around for a minute. You don't have to offer any excuses. We're not made to be static all day long. We are made to be mobile and you will function best and work best when you're mobile. Um, and there's a lot of um, just this expectation that they have to be there all the time to be productive. Mm. And you don't. Yeah. You don't. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, <clears throat> uh, as an economist, I, I, I then went into assistive technology because I... I saw the opportunities. I mean, if if you're if you're able to talk into something whilst you're out walking and dictate, even if it's just like dictate a whole load of ideas, which you can then come back to a computer, plug it in, there it there is, is on the screen, and then you can then refashion that into your work for the afternoon. That's great. That mm -hmm. that has allowed you to do half an hour's worth of walking during the day and still feel like you're being productive, you know. Uh, and and I, I I still feel, you know, there's too few economists actually sort of recommending things like assistive technology out there. You should be because it's great. You know, you can do all of this other stuff. I mean, even I remember once recommending and this was actually in a report recommending that various objects off of this lady's desk got moved to the other side of the office. Like a stapler and a, 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 a machine for binding. Because she would literally spend the whole day at yeah. the desk. Force yeah. her to get to get up and move. Yeah, yeah, I do that with printers. Printers at home, take it out of your room. Put it if it's wireless, of course. Like my, I'm I'm in an upstairs back room here, and my printer and scanner is actually in the downstairs front room. Now, don't get me wrong. It is if I have a ten page thing to scan, it is a pain. But I don't bring the laptop down to it. I will stay here and I will put it on. I'll come back up. And I'll go up and I'll down. I'll go up and I'll down and up and down. It's irritating sometimes. Absolutely. But it's mm. getting you from the desk, yeah. and you literally have. It's it's sad, but we do have to sometimes trick ourselves. Or what I get people to do is put, for example, a break reminder app, not on this laptop, not on your watch, on your phone, and put the phone across the room. So every time your phone rings, every time you get a yeah. message, every time the alert goes off, you have to leave your chair to go get your phone. It's I it's little things like that, just to get yeah. the habit kick started, and then mm. you'll keep going with it. Really good idea. And of course, Stephen, there is a piece of software that does that as well. 
Uh, yes, which I use, which is on our, which is on my laptop, which is which is our work and move software, which again is just about prompting and moving and yeah. you know raising your desk and and dropping your desk and and, and you're saying about equipment and, and things not being used. One one of the big things that we find is that people have sit stand desks and just don't use them. You well, know, because they, 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 oh, they, they raise it to a height and then that's it. Yeah. I'm not in okay. fact, you know, you said about I, I was I did did some sort of product sort of awareness with a group last week and one of the guys said, Oh yeah, those sit stand desks are great. I can now stand all the time and work. And it was like No, no you've missed the, you've missed the concept. It's <laughs> yeah. sit stand. It isn't a standing desk. It's not a sitting desk, it's a combination of both. So it just shows you have to still keep you know, pushing that message out because it clearly isn't getting in all the time. We, it's, it's repetition is really key here, isn't it? Is that getting people thinking about what they're doing? And, you know, like you say, that's some great ideas there. I mean, I think I'll actually, I usually have my phones on the desk. I think what I might do is move them into somewhere like that desk in the back of this room. And actually yeah, when it rings, so force me there. to get up and yeah, yeah. it's, just, but, but things like that, they're brilliant little tricks. They don't need companies to go in because a lot of can, times you get you, my concern is our company's not investing because of the financial piece around it that doing nothing needs no financial investment except mm -hmm. getting a good habit about where someone's phone is or where a printer is they're just really great ideas that are relatively free of charge but will just naturally encourage movement they, they they're brilliant ideas that you know we need to and that's the thing, actually, a lot of people assume that getting a workplace assessor in is going to cost them additional money because, well, yeah, you've got to pay for the person to yeah. come out and do it. But actually, it can save you a huge amount of money because, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to recommend thousands and thousands of pounds worth of kit. In fact, quite often, they, those are bad assessors that, that just recommend everything under the sun. Mm. You know, it, it's the ones that actually have practical knowledge of how you can just make small adjustments that actually change the, the the environment or change the way that you work. And that is, you know, that's advice for life, you know, that actually has cost you very little in terms of time and money. So it's brilliant. Now we've got to cover one more thing before you go, because it's there behind you on the wall. And a lot of people might be looking at it and thinking, what on earth is that? Uh, which is pregnancy risk assessments. Now, that isn't just for anyone that, <laughs> that's been looking at that and wondering. That isn't about how you stop becoming pregnant at work. That's no. not what that's about. Not that's, not <laughs> that's not what that's about. All right. No, so we no. can just categorically shut that one down. <laughs> but do explain. <laughs> yeah. So it is literally like a pregnancy risk assessment is where we go into the workplace and identify the additional hazards that are there that could impact the pregnant person and the fetus so if for example with the bsc again everybody is at risk of discomfort with static postures but more so when you're pregnant mm. everybody is at risk of pain if you don't have enough lumbar support but more so when you're pregnant because as pregnancy develops the bump gets bigger and the need for lumbar support is even greater you know and um, everybody might find benefit from a footrest more so when you're pregnant because circulation is a bigger problem when you're pregnant so it's about finding those and it's not always dsc like this could be an industry as well it's finding out what risks are present that you know weren't really overly concerned about before but now that we're pregnant they actually represent a bigger risk of injury or or any issue either with the person or with the fetus so it's trying to identify that and making accommodations then for the duration of the pregnancy and again if 
depending on when you come back, um, it covers breastfeeding as well. Yeah. So the return to work after. So it won't necessarily just be physical. There'll be maybe some soft adjustments in there. You know, is, oh, is, yeah. is there a place for the, the lady to go and rest and put her feet yeah. up during the day, etc.? Can, can she step away? Like if morning sickness, although, you know, daytime sickness is a problem. Is there somewhere, can they log off? Can they go lie down for a few minutes? Is there somewhere, like at home, it's great. I will say a lot of people who have been kind of pregnant during the home working have found it much easier to manage at home because it's your space. You mm. can pretty much go where you need to and do what you need to. But in the workplace, is there somewhere for them to go if they're not feeling 100%? And um, is, and even just this whole thing of keeping in contact with your managers, because depending on how the pregnancy is going, it might be absolutely fine. Um, it might be terrible and you might struggle with the workload, but keeping lines of communication up. Like I've had two pregnancies that I worked through and both of them were absolutely totally different. One was physical pain from very, very early on. The other had absolutely no physical pain, but just pure nausea and exhaustion. They were absolutely totally different and different accommodations were needed to kind of make it through until I was finished and could go on maternity leave. You know, so it's, it's very different for everyone. Well, I'm going to make you laugh now. So, uh, again, I came across this once or twice, actually, with companies uh, when I was out doing assessments where a company said, ah, oh, if someone becomes pregnant, don't worry, we have a pregnancy chair for them. Not the pregnancy chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that gets passed I, around the office forever. Yeah, yeah, or the yeah, pregnancy cushion yeah, that gets yeah. passed around. Okay. Everyone. I understand some people who are pregnant may get, you know, coccyx pain, for example, yeah. because, you know, um, uh, the, the, the position of the pelvis means that the coccyx may actually uh, protrude, you know, uh, during pregnancy. So actually discomfort through the coccyx area may happen. But just buying a chair with a coccyx cushion that may be yeah. slightly bigger than the other chairs or slightly more cushion does not mean you have completely and utterly done the a risk assessment for somebody who's pregnant in the office. So please, if that's you, uh, perhaps talk to Neve about yeah, it's all, it's in the, Every single person needs an assessment because every single pregnancy is different. Not even every single person. Every single pregnancy is different. And the needs... For every pregnancy and and people might not need anything like people are absolutely totally fine breeze through it and need absolutely nothing but to me my, my standard in a dse environment my standard anyway in pregnancy is always a footrest and a lumbar support i don't care how good your chair is even if you're the right height for the desk and your feet reach the floor that's great wonderful but you're still getting a full back support and you're still getting a footrest because come the third trimester you're very likely going to need them and i would like you to have them there instead of coming looking for them at 34 weeks when actually you're only going to be in work for another three yeah. and you've already in you're in pain already so i'm trying i was trying to preempt it a little bit and kind of say look we'll get the phone support we'll get the foot rest they're there when you want them but as soon as you start to feel discomfort start to use them rather than waiting a few weeks and then you're in pain and then you're finished good good so advice Stephen. any last questions for Neve before we all disappear off into the ether for yet another week oh no no, I, we, we've covered the gamut yeah. today, which has been absolutely fantastic. You've been an absolutely brilliant guest. Um, we, we love the, the pictures on the wall. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to win one of those pictures, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> because, they, they will colour one especially for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. you may Are they av pay. they're available from December when they're going to be taken down? I they're available from yeah. December. Then yeah. you might be able to win them. But look, if seriously, in all seriousness, if, if you want to know more about any of the things that uh, we've been discussing today, please do get in touch 
with us or, or via the website or directly uh, with Neve on any of the social channels. I believe she's on most of them, aren't you? I, I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on LinkedIn. Instagram, Twitter, oh, you're on, LinkedIn. You're on Twitter Facebook. as well. There we go. Yeah, and, I'm avoiding We all get chucked off. Not sure I can go that route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we, so haven't that, brave, we haven't braved TikTok yet, have we, Graham? We're on, we've got the website, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Insta. I, I have done TikTok. Uh, sketches for other people, but uh, okay. But, but I don't do any TikTok in myself. No, yeah, no. I struggle at reels. I'm not sure TikTok is for me. <laughs> uh, it's, it, no, it's and, and uh, if if you look hard out there, folks, you will see me dressed up as different characters on TikTok. But there <laughs> That's you a reason go. to join in itself, really, isn't that, it? That is yeah, definitely yeah. a reason to go looking. Everyone's <laughs> going to go looking now. Don't forget, actually, folks, that you can now follow us on the Insta uh, if if you'd like to do that. We'd like to know what you're doing out there. Again. Um, the offer goes out that if you have got a really bad situation going on, whether in the home office or in in your office, uh, do send in your photos and we'd be pleased to, and one week, actually get some guests in to assess that situation mm. and, and help you out with that. Um, and there may even be a prize for, for the people that we pick. Um, you can also catch up on previous episodes of this uh, on Spotify and on the different channels. And you, the, the place to go to catch all of that is wowergonomics.com. Um, and the Instagram handle is wowergonomics. Again, it's, it's fairly straightforward. And it, next year, we probably will have T-shirts with it on. So you completely won't forget. Um, we will be back at our usual time next week with more of the same. This episode as well is going out as well on Friday. So if you're seeing this on Friday, that's because we put it out again. Um, and until next week, thanks to Neve for joining us. Thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, thanks to Stephen. And uh, we'll see you again very shortly. This has been WOW Ergonomics. <laughs>